Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, I usually don't, I don't come up to a second service. I'm with the kids usually. And man, it's just, uh, it's awesome to see you all. And uh, you guys should say hi to sometime. No, I'm sorry. It's nice seeing you guys. And um, you know, what's really cool is I woke up this morning and um, I just, I flipped on my phone. And I was like, ah, let's just check out the verse of the day. And before I did it, I was like, dude, how cool would it be if it was my verse that I'm going to preach on? And I was like, nah, never. And then, so then I, I open it up and sure enough, John 10, verse 11, right? I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I was like, if you ever want a confirmation, there it is. You know, I was like, I should have, I don't know. I should have done some more odds or something. No, but like, it's just great to be with you guys. And um, my title for today is this Jesus, our shepherd. And uh, digging into this passage of John 1, I mean, John 10, verse 1 through uh, 19, and while I was thinking about this, I was asking this question, um, and I think this is the question that the, the text is proposing. It's, uh, who is Jesus, right? Who is Jesus? And, and maybe you've thought that at times, who is Jesus? Maybe you've heard his name before. Maybe even before you were saved, you heard his name, or, or you grew up hearing his name. And who is this guy? Because he lived. Who, who is he? What, what's his significance? And I think that there's a danger in asking that question to begin to try to determine who he is. Right? When we ask, who is Jesus, it's not, it's not, oh, Jesus, he can be whatever I want him to be. That, that's the danger is that we can try to, try to focus and try to make it something that, that aligns with who we are or, or our life. It, and it's just, who is Jesus to me? And I asked, I, I, and I started to think, I, I can't just say Jesus is just some guy who lived 2,000 years ago, said some nice stuff. Right, he's not just some philosopher. He's not somebody who was crazy. He's not. He's not just some some random person that someone thought up. But when I ask the question, "Who is Jesus?" I have to look at the scriptures, at the record, and, and I and I even look at history, and I see that there was a real man who lived, and there was a real man who spoke, and and, and the things that he spoke are real, and that he's an actual reality that 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 lives and breathes, and and, and there's truth within that, and so. When we ask, who is Jesus? We gotta avoid the temptation to say, I'll make him whoever I want him to be. We have to say, Jesus, who are you? And, and how does that change me? Right, and that's what, that's what I really wanna dig in today. And I think you know what, I, what I'm gonna say about him. Jesus is our shepherd. And, and we're gonna read John 10. And here Jesus is gonna be speaking to um, some Pharisees. He's in a religious environment. And he's probably surrounded even by other people as well. There might be a crowd. And he's here. And before we dig into this scripture, I want to first look at what led up to this. And I'm going to do a big lead up here. Because I, we can't just look at like even just the passage before, it, which is a big help. I want to bring it back a couple hundred years. All right. And, and actually a lot of hundred years. Right. And so you got to understand that Jesus is speaking in zero B.C., Right, I mean, that's how our dates are actually aligned. And um, zero, yeah, zero, yeah, he was the countdown, right? And so here he is speaking in Israel. Israel is a tiny sliver of land on the Mediterranean Sea, all the way on the west coast of it. And um, at that time, I mean, there was all different kinds of countries, empires. We're talking about ancient times. And so here he is, he's in Israel. And before that, Israel had always been oppressed, right? And so you go back all the way 800 BC, 700 BC, the Assyrians come in, attack Israel, oppress them, destroy them. Then after the Assyrians, we have the Babylonians. They come in, oppress them, destroy them, even take them as exiles into Babylon. 
And then after that, we have Persia. Persia actually is nice, but they still roll over them. They still pay taxes. And this whole time, they're being oppressed. Then for just a quick moment of time, actually, not, not even yet. Then the Greeks come. Wow. And then the Greeks come. They destroy them, make them servants as well. And then just for a brief moment of time, then the Jews, actually, they're able to rule themselves. They have a brief, just a moment, like 70 years, where they're, where they're controlling their own, their own people. And then after that, then you have the Romans. They come in, and then they press them as well. And so Israel is just this history of domination and oppression as they're just this country that, because of where they lie on the map, they just continually get beat up, destroyed, and, and are servants to these different countries. And so this whole time, if you read the prophets, that's when a lot of these prophecies are written. The book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. As, as these are being written, there's this hope. Over and over again, you'll see it. There's this hope that one day Jerusalem, Israel, Zion, it, it, will, it will become a nation higher than any other nation. It, it will be ruled by a king who will never die. It, it will be prosperous, be a place of, of peace, be a place where people can come, where there's refuge, right? It's supposed to be this place, and Israel is waiting for this moment. After 800 years of being beaten down and oppressed, they're coming to this place where Jesus is entering this scene in this hope, these prophecies. This is all leading them to this thought of there is a Messiah, there's the Savior who's coming. And you'll see that hope over and over again. I mean, look at Isaiah 53. That's, I mean, that's the key passage about this one person who's gonna come and bring the peace that Israel was waiting for. And they thought too that this person was gonna be a, a conquering warrior, a king, who was gonna come and destroy the nations, bring peace to the land, be, be a place where they could, where they could grow their crops and, and have their fields and, and, and live in safety where their kids could be educated and, and be safe. And they wanted to live honestly in the land like ours. And so they're waiting for this moment and Jesus enters the scene and Jesus is not what they expected. Not what they expected. And so these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they had all this as well and they liked Rome. They gave them peace. They could be, they could be Jewish. They could do their religion in peace even though it wasn't yet what God wanted for them, right? And they were happy. And so they didn't want anything to stir up the pot. They didn't, they didn't want nothing like that. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he's showing the marks of, of the Savior. He's showing the marks uh, of the Messiah and they're getting worried. They're honestly angry. They think too that this isn't him, that, that he's a liar, he's a fraud, that he's gonna ruin what they have, that, that he's gonna lead the people astray. And then we get into this passage. So John chapter 10, verse one, it says this, truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus talking. Actually, let me introduce also, I'm not even done. Verse, in chapter nine, we also see this. We see that um, when Jesus, right before this story happens, Jesus heals a blind man, right? That's what Jesus is doing. He's showing who he is. He's healing. John calls them signs. He doesn't even call them miracles. He calls it signs because he's showing who he is. And he does this miracle where he heals he heals a blind man, and right, the blind man sees. He goes to the religious leaders. The religious leaders say, oh, Jesus, he's, he's, not, a, he's not a healer. He's not, he's not a man of God. He, he's a sinner, right? And you were born in sin too, and, and so you have no say, right? And they cast the blind man out. And all this time, these religious leaders are wrestling with who is Jesus, and this blind man as well is wrestling with who is Jesus. And then we get in the passage. All right, John 10, verse 1 says this. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The shepherd hears his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Jesus was using a metaphor. And I actually looked up what a metaphor means, and it means this. Directly, it directly refers to one thing by mentioning another. And so Jesus is using this little story of a shepherd and also the sheep to show who he is. And he says this thing, it says they didn't understand. He says the truth, they didn't understand it because he spoke in a metaphor. And he could have probably left it there and been safe. But he begins to explain it and really incriminates himself to these people. And this is what he says. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and and not a shepherd, he who does not own the, the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he is a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Right? And they're dealing, they're wrestling with this question of who is Jesus? Who is this guy? And I really want to break down these metaphors to understand what he's saying. He's saying, I am the door. He's saying, I am the shepherd. Right? And you got to understand, like, in this day, it was an agricultural society where they, they had a lot of sheep. And there were a lot of shepherds. I mean, it was a way of life. Right, And so he, he brings them the sheep. What sheep would do is they would be with the shepherd and then the shepherd would take care of those sheep. He would, even at night, he would lead them into a pen, right, a sheep pen. And it would actually probably be a, a stone wall that he would make. And then the wall would even be on top of it would have, uh, would have thorns and bristles and all these different things um, to avoid robbers or, and wolves. And, and then there would only be one door. And, and what was so cool is all these sheep, they would only be able to get in one way. There'd only be one way out. And when Jesus is saying, I am the door, he's saying, I'm the only way to this safety. I'm the only way to the abundant light in, in chapter 10, I mean, verse 10. He's saying that the only way to get to this place that I am bringing, to get to this, this, this thing, this, this beauty that I'm bringing, this abundant life, 
it is through me. You want to get in trouble with those people at that time, just say that. Jesus is saying that everything, I'm the only way. What you have isn't right. What you're doing isn't correct. I, I'm, I'm it. I, this is it. This is me, and I'm the door, and those are the sheep, and the only way they're getting to this abundant life is through me. That's what he's saying with, I am the door. And then he also goes, he says, I am the shepherd. Right? These, the shepherds, they lived in a time when there's not just coyotes. I mean, there's bears, there's wolves, there's, there's uh, lions, there's thieves, there's robbers. Like, they're living in a dangerous time to have a big flock of 100 sheep. And I even watched some videos, and I guess sheep aren't that smart. I mean, they'll walk right off the edge of a cliff, you know? And, and, so, and so what Jesus is saying, when he's saying, I am the shepherd, he's saying, I am the sole provider. I am the one who protects the sheep, who, who, who cares for the sheep, the, the one who leads, guides the sheep. And he says, he says, I know my sheep by name and they know me. They, they hear my voice and I hear theirs. He, he's saying that there's this special relationship that Jesus has. As he says, he's the shepherd. This is a special relationship that he has with his sheep. That nobody else has, that, that nobody else can give. He, he can give the care and the love and the protection and, 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 the, and the guidance that nobody else can give. That's what he's saying. Remember, they're, they're looking for this person who's going to lead them into a place of prosperity as a, as a nation. And they're scared because they've been oppressed for years and years and years. And here Jesus gets on the scene. He says, I am the shepherd. I mean, those words, I am a shepherd, for us, they might not mean a whole lot, but you look at the Old Testament, and these people that he was speaking to were experts, right? On the Old Testament, you look at what these verses say. Psalm, uh, Ezekiel 34, this is God speaking through Ezekiel to Israel. He says, hundreds of years before Jesus, he says, I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There shall lie down in good grazing myself, will be their shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. Right? God's saying, I am the shepherd. These are themes that we see. And then Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? God is the shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. He's saying, I, I am this person. Psalm 41, 13, David talking to God, probably in a time of pain. He says, oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be the shepherd and carry them forever. Right, they knew when Jesus said, "I am the shepherd." They knew he, he's not saying that he's some guy on the side of a mountain with a bunch of bunch of sheep ready to fall off a cliff. He's saying, "No, no." He's saying, I, "I'm I'm the one, man. I, I, this is me. I, I'm the shepherd. I'm the caretaker. I'm the leader. I'm the one that you've been waiting for. This is me." And there's only one way to get to this place that you've been waiting for, and I'm the door. Jesus is showing that that he isn't some random man. So when we ask, "Who is Jesus?" We got to take this into account and realize that he is the leader. He is the God. He, he is the one with the direction. He's really saying in this passage, I am God. I'm the, I'm the savior. I'm the, I'm the one who came to, to lead you. That's what he's saying. It's, I mean, if you want to get in trouble with these people, just say that you're God, right? You get in trouble with anybody, just say that. And he's saying, that's, that's who I am. And then we just take a look at what this means. I mean, I think one of the most beautiful parts of this passage is in uh, verse 14 when he says again, he says it twice, I am the good shepherd. 
And he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And then this is the 15 is just amazing. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Right, Jesus is saying that there's a connection between the people that he was speaking to and we're included in this and him that is just as special and just as, just as real and just as caring as him and the Father. He's drawing us into this relationship that is really so special, so different than anything that had ever been known before, that he's saying, just as I know the Father, my sheep know me, and I know my sheep. He, he, he's showing that how much he cares for the sheep. He's showing how much he looks to those sheep. They know his voice. A shepherd would actually know all the name, names of his sheep. I mean, I can't tell a sheep from another sheep. I mean, when you get them, in a, when you get them all together, I might think two sheep are one sheep. I mean, you, you, you can't tell the difference from one sheep to another sheep, but he would know each and every one of them. I mean, how incredible is that? He would know their name. He would give them names and know it. And here he is showing that he is this person. He's showing us who he is and what he does. He's showing us that he's the shepherd and how he shepherds. Right, and he says, I give you abundant life. But how does he give that abundant life? Verse 11, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The abundant life that we have, the abundant life we get from the shepherd comes through his death, comes through his sacrifice, comes through his taking of our sin for our forgiveness. But what's so incredible is when you get down to verse, um, when you get down to verse 16, it says, and I have other sheep. Oh, and he says, I must bring them also. Oh, my bad. Verse 17, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. Right, he's saying, I lay my life down for the sheep, but I take it up again. And if that's not, if that's not the center of our, of our faith, then I mean, I don't know what is. I mean, that, that's it right there. That Jesus is the shepherd who dies and raises himself from the dead for our abundant life. And this abundant life is this knowing, is this shepherding, it is this, this, this picture of how a shepherd cares for his sheep. That he knows their name, he knows their needs, he leads them, he, he fights off the, 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 the lions, he fights off the wolves, right? That he cares, he brings them in, he knows their name, he, he sits them in a pen and, and protects them and, and sleeps next to them, right? This relationship that just as I know the Father, right? You and I know each other, this is this, is this relationship of the abundant life that we have is knowing him, being with him, hearing him. That's what this is. The abundant life is, is, is having peace, the abundant life is, is being able to fall asleep at night because the worries you can give to him. The abundant life is having friends who, who know how to love you because they know the love of Christ. Right? It, it envisions, it embodies all of this. And, and I was just thinking yesterday, I went to the store and I saw, um, as we were leaving, as we were walking out, I just saw this, this little boy in his mom's arms. But he really wasn't that little. He was kind of big, and he was a bigger kid, older kid. And I was like, wow, man, that kid's getting big, right? I mean, she's a strong mom, right? But then it made sense. I saw, I began to see the tears in his eyes. And I, and I saw even the stains of the, a stain of the tears on his face, even where the, one, where the tears dried up. 
And I was like, oh, this, this poor kid probably maybe got lost. Maybe he stubbed his toe. Maybe he didn't get the toy he wanted. Maybe he wanted to be with his friends. Maybe, maybe he got scared. Maybe, I don't know. But I know the one thing that, that he was in a place maybe of panic, maybe of anger, maybe just needing something. And I saw the way that mom held her child. And even though I saw the tears and the stains, what I also saw was his laugh and his giggle. I saw, I saw the smile. Right? I saw even like the sparkle in his eye. Like after, after done crying, right, all the water, it, it, you can see the light shining off of it. And I just saw this mom looking into her son's face and the son looking up with total joy, total safety. And I realized that this mom was taking his pain, taking his fear, taking his anger. This mom was teaching him, guiding him, leading him, caring for him. And I thought this was an exact picture. This is exactly what God does. This is exactly what the shepherd does. This is exactly what Jesus does. Right, as we get to those moments where we're just like a kid lost in a mall or, or stubbed his toe in a mall, right? We're just there in, in life, maybe it's hurting or maybe, maybe something has happened. We get to that place where we're, we're lost. We're like a sheep without a shepherd. And, and what does the shepherd do? When she picks up her son and, and cares, shows love, gives protection, gives peace, gives abundant life. That's what, that's what he does. That's what the shepherd does. That's what he does in our life. He sees us. He knows us by name. He hears every cry. He, he knows every moment of suffering. He knows every moment of confusion. That's what he does. He, he, he sees and he goes. He he. He gives his life for the sheep. I was just thinking about a moment when he shepherded me. Um, my freshman year of college, first semester, a couple weeks in, my life got thrown upside down. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know my whole, I wasn't planning on going to college, but within one week, everything changed for me, right? I was there and I'm at this place, I'm like, Bible college, I'm like, God, what do you have with me? Like, I had never planned this. I never thought I could do this. And, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just with this, in this place where these, all these amazing other, other kids my age, and, I mean, they're on the worship team, and some of them are already, like, preaching places, and other kids are just so much fun and hanging out. And I'm, and I'm just there, and I'm like, God, why you got me here? What's going on? Like, God, what, what do you need from me? Like, what, what is this? And I remember just laying down, right, and I needed to be shepherded, and, and I went to the right place. Began asking God, right? And, and as I was sitting there, head down in a blanket, I just heard, I felt this, it was really just this idea, it was this thing in my heart just popped in. It was just like, Sam, you're just like this blanket. He said, this blanket has no warmth on its own. And he said, Sam, on your own, you're right, you have no direction, no purpose, I was like, oh, thanks. And then, and then he said this. He said, I just felt this. It just, I just, it clicked. He said, just like this blanket has warmth when somebody comes in it and gives it warmth, you have worth and you have, you have purpose and you have direction and you have a goal for your life. You have love. You have all of this. Why? Because I've become a part of your life because I'm in your life. And that was just a moment where I needed the shepherd. 
And I always need him, but that was a moment where, where he heard my voice and then I heard his. And I'm sure many of you have had those moments. And then even as I read through the scriptures, um, years and years later, I still keep seeing this theme of how God's love and his worth becomes my worth. It becomes my standard for life, my standard for who I am. And that's just one example of how the shepherd shepherds, right, through prayer and then through, through scripture, even through, through talking and through being around people who have godly counsel, who know and have read and are close to Jesus and then share with you their advice. That's what he does, he shepherds. And I was just thinking about all the different areas we may need the shepherding because the truth is there's, there's others who want us to be their shepherd. I mean, there, there's others who want to be our shepherd, right? It says that there was thieves and robbers who were trying to steal the, the sheep. He was actually really talking about the Pharisees. And even now he was talking about the other political people at that time who were trying to control them and, and try to lead them. And what he's saying is this, that there's a battle. There's, there's people who want to influence you. And they will try. And I was even, you'll see it on TV. You'll see it on Facebook. You'll see it everywhere. People are grabbing for your attention. People are searching out to influence you. Because influencing you gives power to them. And they want to control. They want, they want you to be led by them. And I'm not saying don't get advice from people and I'm not saying don't listen to friends and I'm not saying don't listen to people who know what they're talking about, but I'm saying this, the goal of your life, the, the mission of your life, the, the, the essence of your life, the, the, the central focus of your life, if it's not based on the shepherding of Jesus, right, who's leading you? Who's guiding you? Where is it going? Are they bringing you to a place of abundant life? No. Because only Jesus, only the shepherd. He said, I am the door. He's the only way to this place of abundant life. He's the only place to this way of forgiveness. This only place of this, of this way, place where you have worth and you have, you have all that he needs. I mean, all that he gives and all that you need. And so I, the question I started out with was, who is Jesus? But as I just kept reading this passage, I realized the question after that is really, who is leading you? Right. Who is that influence? Who are you allowing to shepherd your life? And at times, maybe it's the wrong person, and you'll know because it won't lead to abundant life. It won't lead to a place of forgiveness and, and a place of wholeness and a place of, of, of peace. But the shepherd hears your voice, and you can hear his. And he lays down his life for you. He already did. And he brings you to that place. He brings you into the sheep pen. And then he guides you to the place of pasture, right? He brings you to that place of warmth and that place of acceptance. And then he leads you out to the world where, where you're able to be that influence because of him. Like, that's what he does. That's what he does. That's what Jesus does. And I was even just thinking how, as we go to this place of transition, and through these last three and a half, four months, I was thinking, especially with this focus on leadership, Jesus has been the one who's shepherding this whole time, right? Jesus has been the one leading the way. Jesus has been the one 
breaking the ground. Jesus has been the one who is in front of us. Jesus has been the one who's been speaking, right, through, through our under-shepherds, through those he's entrusted. And I just want to thank my dad. I want to thank my dad for being a great under-shepherd, right? Because he's been a great shepherd because he's listened to the good shepherd, right? And then I want to thank Pastor Brian and Pastor Jamie. Because they've listened to the good shepherd and they'll continue to listen to the good shepherd. But you got to ask that question. Who is leading my life? Who is the influence? Because Jesus... He has to be if you want that abundant life. And I even just wrote down all, all these situations that are so real and it could be parenting, crisis, loss of a loved one. It could be a new job. It could be a new school like I was in that day. It, it could have been feeling maybe that life is mundane, that things have become ordinary. It could be maybe anxiety, addiction, depression. All these things are so real and so painful and, and all these things... They, they tend to leave us searching and searching and searching for, for leading. And we become a lot like that little boy at times who just needs his mother to pick him up and give him that care. And that's what Jesus does. Right? As the shepherd, that's what he does. He becomes the way, the guidance. He becomes the, the door. He leads the way. Right? And as we go and as we spend our week working and with family and with friends and all the different things that we do, ask that question, who's leading? Who's leading? It's gotta be Jesus. It's gotta be Jesus through, through prayer, through searching his word, through being around people who know him because he knows his sheep. He knows you, right? That's what he does. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory, God, and honor. Father, because you care for us. You're the good shepherd. You lead. Father, when I don't know where to go, I gotta remember that you have the way, and I'll go to you. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would live our lives, that we would be with you, knowing that you have all the answers. Lord, you have, Lord, the way. You have, Lord, the sustenance. Lord, you you are the shepherd, you you guide, you you care, Lord, you teach, you you show, you break ground, Father. We'll follow. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless this church, Lord, and through the time of transition and the beautiful uh, time that this has been, God, that you would just continue leading and showing us your way. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Maybe today you're like, I don't know if he's my shepherd. I don't know if he's my leader. I don't know if he's the one that I've entrusted my life to. I don't know if, if I've allowed him to lay down his life for me yet. You can. And what's so amazing is that just like with that, that man who was blind in the passage and you gave him sight, Lord, you led him after that. You were his shepherd. You asked, do, I, do you believe in me? And then you led him to the abundant life. God, you do that with us.
And maybe today you're saying, I, I need that shepherd. You're saved by your faith and your faith will, will lead your life as you believe in him. But maybe you just say this prayer with me as a confirmation of your faith. You can just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe you are God. I believe you died for my sins. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your new life. Lord Jesus, be my shepherd. So Father, as we go and as we live our lives, I pray, Lord, that you would lead the way. We worship you and we adore you. In your wonderful name, amen.